We had a reminder this morning, it was good to see Pastor Steve in the pulpit again, and what he shared, the depth, I know for me, Psalm 23.4, the depth he was sharing from. Sometimes, and it was just a reminder, sometimes God brings us through things to make his word more real, I don't know how else to say it, but more deep, pardon? trials. And we know from James, we're to expect them. They will come. You don't have one right now. Don't hold your breath. There's one around the corner. But they have a purpose as believers. They're to all help us to depend more on who? On God. And that's hard sometimes because we have our minds sometimes saying, well, I'll figure it out, Lord, and I get in trouble, then I'll call on you. As one man said, things are getting so bad we might have to start to pray. I've heard that said. Well, we have plenty of things to pray for. Brian and Doreen, as most of you know, they're in Michigan. Uh, Doreen's dad, I think, fell off a landing and was basically in a coma and they had to pull the plug. And so the family there is dealing with all that. Doreen on top of, Brian's doing good. That's something to continue to praise the Lord for. But we need to remember that family particularly. Remember the Goody, Kreloff, and Cotton families. Uh, continue to pray for them. We grieve in different ways, but the Lord knows the depth, he's always there. And one thing that I, I took from this morning, because you're not in that service, so I can say what Pastor Steve shared. Our emotions tend to rule us many times. And those emotions can overwhelm us, but it doesn't change. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am always with you. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of shadows around these days. And God is not going to leave us. I know some days we look forward, at least I do, more forward to, I want to hear that trumpet. It's time, Lord. <laughs> that would be a good time. But I know the Lord keeps, keeps us here on this earth for a purpose. As I told inmates at the jail, and I try to remind myself when the Lord wakes up in the morning... He has a purpose for us, and he wants to teach us something. Now, the thing that we never learn the most is what? It starts with a P. I hate the, oh, that's the worst one. We have that drive-through mentality that it's want it right now. And Lord, I've got to figure it out. Just stamp it, and, and we'll keep going. Our ways get us all messed up, don't they? Because God's ways, his thoughts are all higher than our ways. How many here this morning like praise? Do you like praise? How many of us give praise to others? Don't need to raise your hand. While working with Sparks in Awana with kindergartners, it's always a joy to see the little Elijahs and Emma's faces light up when you tell them, great job, you're coloring within the outline. You're not scribbling outside of it. Some kindergartners, they just take a crayon and they just go like that, done. Say, well, 
let's try another sheet. Let's try to stay in the lines a little bit. And they start working at it. So twice a year in Sparks, we have a coloring contest. So we always try to tell them, you know, keep practicing. And oh, okay, it's coming up. First thing they do, which they have to learn, especially with the kindergartners, is put their name on. We'll get some beautiful work and they'll turn it in. Whose is this? Oh, I, I don't know. And then if it's real good, oh, me, yeah, me, that's mine. Put their name on it. Well, we like praise and it's good to give it. Noah Webster defines praise as to extol in word and song, to magnify, to glorify on account of perfections or excellent works, to do honor to. We sing the hymn, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, sing, O earth, his wonderful love proclaim. Scripture directs us to praise. First Chronicles 16.25 For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Psalm 145.3 Great is the Lord and highly to be praised and His greatness is unsearchable. In Psalm 143.13, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. Well, this morning we're going to look at a psalm regarding praise. Join me in Psalm 135. Psalm 135. And here we find three details in this psalm regarding praise. These details include a call to praise God, reasons to praise God, and closing praises to God. But before we look at these details, let's pause for a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we come to you this morning and we're thankful that we can come before your throne as your children, that we can call you Father that we can praise you for saving us, we can praise you for loving us. And Father, just uh, pray this morning as we look to your word for guidance and direction, as we look to Psalm 135, may your Holy Spirit apply it to each of our lives, that we would learn to praise you more and more. We neglect it so often, we come to you with needs And we forget often to praise you for the results and for the answers. Our understanding is so far beneath you, Lord. You're sovereign. But Father, our faith sometimes is very shakable. But we know you, through your Holy Spirit, bring courage and bring comfort and bring strength and protection to each of our lives as we put our trust in you. I just pray that you will teach us this morning through your word, through Psalm 135. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, by way of introduction, here's what pastor and commentator Warren Worsby shares about Psalm 135. The emphasis of the psalm is on praising the Lord because of who He is and what He has done for His people. It opens with the command to praise the Lord repeated four times 
and concludes with the command to bless the Lord, also repeated four times. The familiar phrase, praise the Lord, or hallelujah, is repeated eight times. The Jewish people spoke of Jehovah as our God to affirm their separation from the false gods of the nations around them. This psalm is an inspired statement of faith, and believers today can shout a hearty amen to its affirmations. Now the first detail of this psalm regarding praise is a call to praise God, and that's shared in verses 1 and 2. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O servants of the Lord. You who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. The Hebrew word here, praise, means to give forth a clear and distinct sound, to make to shine. It's used in Psalm 115, 17. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. Psalm 116, 19. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. James Montgomery Boyce shares, Psalm 135 signals the start of a new section that emphasizes the worship or praise of God. Since the psalm begins and ends with praise, the Lord seven times, it is a way of saying that all of life should be filled with praise to God. As I was thinking about that on those comments, praising God when it's all going good, right? We can do that. Praising God when that day never seems to end. We can do that? No? Well, kind of? Maybe? Depends? All of those, again, are to put us to our knees and say, God, I can't do it. I need your direction. I need your word. I need your scriptures to hang on to in those kinds of times. Warren Worsby adds, it was God's election of Israel that set them apart from the rest of the nations, for they are his people. The church today is an elect people saved by the grace of God and called to glorify God. Every day we're on this earth, our purpose is what? Serve the Lord. To bring honor and glory to, to his name. To sometimes take a stand alone, but take a stand in God's name because of his word, because it does have an effect. We think sometimes it doesn't, but God uses it as he wills, doesn't he, for his purposes. Charles Spurgeon says, Praise the Lord, or hallelujah, is saying, Let those who are themselves full of holy praise labor to excite the like spirit in others, getting others to praise the Lord. That's what it's about. Even when the challenges are there, even when God has allowed in our lives tests to help our faith to grow, to encourage one another by turning to Him first or last? First. Servants of the Lord and you who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of the Lord, are addressed to the priests and the Levites. 
As we look back at the previous psalm, Psalm 134, verse 1, Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. In the body of Christ, we are all servants. Actually, as Paul puts it, bondservants of the Lord. He bought us by dying the agony of the cross so that we, through him, could inherit eternal life. Isn't that worth praising God over and over? Do we just praise God once and say, okay, that's good? Or every day do we say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for salvation. We come together at Lakeside to study God's word and to praise our great God with strong words to songs and hymns that Pastor Joel leads us to praise, to glorify, and honor God. We sing songs like, I know this one came to mind, we are listening. We sing the words. You say the word and the dark turns into light. You say the word and the dead comes back to life. You say be still to the crashing waves and the wind and the water obey. At your word, every word is alive. We are listening, we are listening. Breathe your living word into us. God, breathe your living word through us. We are listening, we are listening. Are we listening? We sing it, don't we? It's a beautiful song, but it's a reminder, are we listening? One thing that we're doing in Awana and Sparks with kindergarten, first, second graders, we're learning to listen about God's creation, how it shows the greatness of God in creation. And that kind of challenged me too. How often do we just stop and listen to God's creation, all shouting the greatness of God? The birds. We have some birds in the morning, wake us up sometimes at six or before, and they're out there shrilling and talking, and I don't know what they're saying, but they know between them that they're communicating. But it's all saying God created each of those birds. God created those animals. God created everything around us to enjoy. But sometimes even at late at night, and I know this sometimes can be hard, especially hurricane season, but to go out at night and just look at the stars when you can see them so clearly. And then you start to count them and you can't count them because they're deep. You see one and there's kind of one behind it and one over here and Pretty soon, it, you just can't number how many. Yet God named them. That, that's so amazing. Shouldn't we praise Him for that? All that He's given us to enjoy. And then we sing hymns and old hymn, Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way while we do His good will. He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Do we do that? I know it's challenging for me personally. Sometimes when I'm singing those hymns, do I mean what I'm singing? Because I'm singing it for who? So others can hear noise or whatever's coming out, a joyful noise? Or am I doing it for who? I'm singing it to the Lord. That's part of praising Him. That's part of saying, God, I'm so unworthy, 
and you are so great, and yet you know my name. And when I cry out to you, always here, you never desert us. When hard times come, and if we haven't seen them, we will. The world around us is getting more hostile. Would we agree? Now we're seeing, I'm seeing uh, the political commercials coming out. Oh my goodness. I have to sometimes stand up and leave the room. I do, ask my wife. Hostile. Why? Because people that are in sin and outside of the Lord drawing them, outside of the Lord saving them, they're not friends with God, they're enemies. We all were at one point, but by the grace of God, He saved us. Amen? Now we come to the second detail, this psalm to praise God, and that begins in verse 3 and goes through verse 18. Reasons to praise God. So we've been commanded to praise God, but now reasons to praise God. And the first reason to praise God we see in verse 3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to His name, for it is lovely. First reason to praise God, His character is good. The Lord is good, which in the original Hebrew means desirable, pleasant, agreeable, to be good. It's a common theme in the Psalms. For example, Psalm 16:2, O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Psalm 25, 8, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. Psalm 136, 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. We've heard the prayer, God is good, God is great, let us thank Him for our food. What does that mean? We say that. How many have heard that before? How many have used that before? How many use that today? No, don't raise your hand on that one. God is good. God is great. There's no one like God. He's the greatest of all. Yet He loved us so much, He provided a way we could be saved. We should praise God for all that He is. He's all-knowing. I'm always reminded of Psalm 139. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows our thoughts before we think it. How can that be? Because He's God. He's sovereign. He is eternal. He is holy. He is everywhere at once. Just try to realize what all that means. He never changes. And my favorite, He is incomprehensible. We can never know fully all about God. He's so great. And yet He loves us. He walks with us. He will never desert us. It says here in verse 3, His name is, the word here, says his name is lovely, can also mean pleasant. Unlike what we hear often about God's name used in vain, God's name is pleasant. It's lovely. Does that bother anyone when you hear God's name in vain? They don't know who they're talking about when they do that. They need the Lord. They need God. Second reason to praise God is in verse 4. 
For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel for his own possession. The second reason to praise God, God chose Jacob. Pastor and commentator John MacArthur shares, this refers to God's unique selection of the offering of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to enjoy God's covenant blessing. Israel is his special treasure. God chose Jacob and the sons of Jacob should praise God. Jehovah God loved Jacob and God gave no reason for his love except that he chose to love. Jacob had done nothing to deserve God's love, but it was sovereign grace which dictated his choice. God with election chooses who he will save, and it's not due to anything we've done or who we are, but before the foundation of the earth, God chose us. Do we realize what an honor and privilege it is to be recipients of his grace and grace alone? Charles Spurgeon adds, God's choice exalts, for here the name is changed from Jacob, the supplanter, to Israel, the prince. We are a people near and dear unto him. How can we refuse our loudest, heartiest, sweetest music? If we did not extol him, the stones in the street would cry out against us. Warren Worsby gives this insight. The church today is an elect people, saved by the grace of God and called to glorify God. Third reason to praise God is the Lord God is sovereign. And we see that beginning of verse 5. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deeps. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. Who makes lightning for the rain? Who brings forth the wind from his treasuries? He smote the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. He sent signs and wonders into your midst, O Egypt. Upon Pharaoh and all his servants, he smote many nations and slew mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. And he gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his people. God is sovereign. He is great. The Lord is great, and he's greater than all the false gods in the nations. Jehovah God can do anything he wants. No one counsels God. No one tells God what to do. He is great. He named the stars that we can't count. God is sovereign over creation. We see that as we read here in verses 6 and 7. He is the ruler over creation from the heights of the heavens to the depths of the sea. As we were reminded by Ken Ham a few weeks ago, God is sovereign over everything as we find historical proof in Genesis 1 to 11. Vapors to ascend in verse 7 speak of the water cycle of earthly evaporation and condensation in the clouds. Even the weather, this is amazing, including Florida with its hurricanes is under God's control. 
Verses 8 and 9, we note how God delivered the nation of Israel from their bondage in Egypt to get them to the promised land. That final judgment of Egypt with the death of the firstborn of people and beasts, including the Pharaoh's son, was the final blow that freed Israel to leave Egypt. God was sovereign over all of that. Is he still sovereign over everything today? Is he? Has God changed? Honestly, at times we struggle with believing he is sovereign, but that doesn't change the fact that he is. I'm reminded in verses 10 to 12 that God is sovereign as God helped Israel to defeat kings like Sion and Og as recorded in Numbers 21 as well as the kingdoms of Canaan as recorded in the book of Joshua. According to verse 12, God gave their lands to Israel as a heritage as God promised this heritage to Abraham according to Genesis 15. This should encourage us to remember God is sovereign over everything that comes into our lives today. He watches over His sovereign nation, Israel, but He also watches over us, His church. At times we doubt and forget, but God never does, does He? He's always there. The fourth reason we see in verses 13 and 14 the fourth reason to praise God is that the Lord is compassionate. Look with me at verse 13. Your name, O Lord, is everlasting. Your remembrance, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge His people and will have compassion on His servants. Praise God, He has compassion on us. The God of the Bible, our God who is holy and we are sinners, but through Jesus Christ we have been made heirs of heaven. Praise God for His compassion. We deserve hell and separation from God forever. But God through Jesus provided the way, the only way to be saved. Jesus says, I am one of many ways. The way. There is no other way. I remember while working as a chaplain at the jail, I remember one person said, well, chaplain, you're kind of narrow on that, aren't you? And I said, thank you. <laughs> and then he kind of stood back. He didn't know what to say. Usually get in an argument about it or something. We are narrow there because Jesus is the only way. Do we show compassion to others? how and when, how often and what ways. When we get angry at someone else, we need to dwell on the compassion God has shown us. He chose us, He saved us, and He keeps us in His mighty right hand. And who's stronger than God's mighty right hand? No one. The Bible is full of examples of God's compassion. And one I think of often is the compassion Jesus, the Son of God, set up on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. True compassion comes from God, as He has given us Him as an example of compassion in action. From the parable of the Good Samaritan, an enemy helping a Jew 
who was beat up and left for dead. And he showed compassion. He saw his wounds. He knelt down and he saw how he was clinging to life. And he took what he had to help him immediately and then took him to a place where he could recover. Well, Jesus looked over Jerusalem and all the lost people. He had compassion because he saw their lost souls. When he saw the sorrow over the death of Lazarus, Jesus wept. When's the last time we wept for someone or wept with them? The fifth and final reason to praise God is our Lord is the true and living God, beginning at verse 15. The idols of the nations are but silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in all of their mouths. Those who make them will be like them. Yes, everyone who trusts in them. So I was looking over this. God has a mouth as we know of his power in his voice. God sees everything. God hears everything. Our God is alive. When we speak to him, he responds. And sometimes I found this true in my own life. Sometimes God has given me an answer, but I was saying, Lord, open this door here, and I'm looking here, and the Lord said, I already opened this one a long time ago. You're just not looking over here. When our focus is on the Lord, when our focus is on His Word, He will show us. God doesn't leave us knocking on the door and nothing's happening. God is working in our lives every day, but we just have to be looking to Him to follow Him. Do we always understand God's ways? No. Do we have to, to trust Him? No. God can give us the faith at times. I know I've struggled with that too. But He's a true and living God. He's not made out of gold or silver. He's living Warren Worsby shares, Dead idols cannot speak, see, hear, or breathe, and cannot give life to their worshipers. Because Jehovah is the living God, He speaks to us in His Word, sees us in our every circumstance, hears our prayers, and comes to us when we need the help that only He can give. Amen. James Montgomery Boyce shares, if we worship things that people produce, we will become as important and empty as those things. But if we worship God by the grace of God, we will become like God. And we will both glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Eternity with Him. The third and final detail is we praise the Lord is shared in verses 19 to 21, and that is a closing praise to God. Beginning of verse 19, O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who revere the Lord, bless the Lord. 
Blessed be the Lord from Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This final praise is directed to various groups that include Israel, the nation, and all of its tribes. Aaron and Levi includes the priesthood. You who revere or fear the Lord, which encompasses all true believers, all at Lakeside who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What are we to do? Bless the Lord. In the original it means to kneel for prayer and praise, to thank, to salute. Do we bless the Lord like we should? If we do, how often? And how can we praise Him? How can we praise God? Is there any way? Anybody have an idea? Yes. Obey Him. What is Pastor Joel Letus doing? Singing praises. Scripture reading. Prayer. When we pray in our small groups, are we blessing? Are we praising the Lord? Because not only can we share our needs, but we can share our answers to prayer. Is that encouraging? And somebody says something and we're going through now and they say, God saw me to the end and keep trusting Him. Is that encouraging? Yes, it is. We need that. That's why I enjoy so much of this Sunday school, the prayer time. John MacArthur shares in his own church, when people began to take the nature of true worship seriously, they saw worship as a participant's activity, not a spectator sport. <laughs> Sometimes we say, oh yeah, that's great, they're praising the Lord, but hey, what about me? Should I be doing that as well? The final three words again emphasize, praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord with all our being, not just with words, but with our hearts as well. Jesus gave himself 100%, and we as his adopted children need to give praise to God 100%. Let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you today that we enjoy in this country the freedom to worship you. We know that isn't true in most places around the world, and yet something we've taken for granted for so long. But God, we can come together here at Lakeside and we can praise you. May we be doing that with all that we are doing, all that we are saying, all that we are practicing in our lives. May it honor you. And when we stumble, Lord, thank you for not stomping on us, but pulling us back up as you pulled Peter when he was walking on water and he started to sink. And he said, Lord, help me. And you went over and you grabbed him like you grab us so often. Father God, uh, we don't praise you enough. We just want to praise you with our lives. We want to praise you in every way possible. Because, Lord, if you call us home today, we want to be ready, but we want to use today wisely and use it to glorify your name. Be with each one of us this coming week. May we not forget in any way to give praise to you for what you bring into our lives every day. We don't need to understand it. We just need to trust you because we know you are 
Almighty God. You are our God. You are our Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing and will do. We give you all the honor and glory for this coming week, how you'll use each life here. May we truly love you as you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Have a great week.